Welcome to episode 125 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 125 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Iles. How you going mate? I'm sensational on you. You're sensational. I'm sensational. I'm sensational as well. You know Gosh, why? Why? Because that's the way I am. That's right. <laughs> this week's show is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Remember the code, I am talk for a 20% discount. And Talk. actually, someone was saying, was it Carl? Don't Coleman? you point the finger at me? <laughs> <laughs> it was an angry finger. <laughs> he was saying how he got it for his father-in-law. Nice. Good, nice. good presents. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to do it for my dad. Nice. I am. Dad coffee. Yeah, Trybuys.com. for all the best needs. Now it's, now we've moved into different shipping, but we'll talk about that later on. And Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes for all your results and tracking needs. So this week's a pretty quick show for Jumbo and I because we did most of the work last week, but we do have our news and we have a couple quick comments at the end and the hot topic of the week. Yep. But it's an exciting meeting, isn't it, John? Chrisinator is live. Is this a nickname you made up? I'm not sure. I, th- I thought Brett Sutton might have called her the Chrisinator. Oh, okay. But, uh, You'll claim it. I'll claim it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so we did an interview last Wednesday, wasn't it? So it was yep. before the, re- the weekend racing that happened. But um, I guess for about 45 minutes, maybe a little Quality bit Quality stuff. She's yeah. a good interview. It makes uh, it it's easy for us when people are really uh, open and just... Yeah. Uh, Speak she your sounds like a great chick, eh? Yeah, it's good yeah. value. She likes to give a bit of, bit of shit as well, so it's all good. So anyway, news. We've got our race results from this weekend, and we had the Long Course World Championships, and what a coincidence, Chrissy dominated the dojo. I think it's the first time we haven't put like the commentator's curse on somebody. Because oh, like, whenever yeah. we, we've done interviews with like Brownie and people like that, and they've yeah. always crapped out afterwards, so... Uh, Good to see Chrissy sort of going out there and killing it. And it was a bit of a fizzer. I was quite looking forward to this sort of Van Clerken versus Chrissy Wellington, but it didn't really eventuate. It looked like um, Yvonne Van Vlerken had a pretty pretty shocking day compared to what she did and wrote. Still got third, obviously, so that's not bad. But uh, I think, you know, if she'd been on rote form, I think it would have been a lot closer. Chrissy probably still would have won, but I think it would have been um, a lot closer. It was interesting, they were saying on the, was it WTC website? That or she- triathlon.org, maybe? Maybe that one. Yep. Oh yeah, true. And uh, they're saying that um, she rode the fastest bike split by about eight minutes, mm. and yeah. she was seventeenth overall, I think, uh, in terms of guys and girls. So, pretty dominating performance. It sounded like the swim was really long. Uh, I don't know whether it was long. It was choppy, and it was also um, either, either currents or long. But Yvonne Van Clerken came out in one nineteen. Oh, sorry. Uh, you want the girls back? Yep. yep. It came out in one nineteen, so she was for the a, swim. Yeah, so she. What did they swim? Four uh, k. So apparently one nineteen. Yeah, but so apparently it was some more sort of four point seven. People seem to think so. Four point seven. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get it that far wrong? Well, it could have been the currents, and it was choppy and windy. So four point seven. Oh, I think it's fantastic to finally get some long swims. Give the swimmers a chance, but she, Yvonne wow. Van Clerken, was uh, nearly ten minutes off Chrissy Wellington after the swim. So, you know. Maybe she just sort of uh, lost it mentally a little bit after that. Yeah. She only lost, well, she lost, still lost 20 minutes. Uh, another eight on the bike, and then uh, it was pretty even on the run. So disappointing to see uh, not a really good ding dong head to head battle. Charlotte um, Coiters from Denmark was actually second and 6.30, 18 minutes down, and Von Van Clerken was third, um, 6.31, another minute or so behind. So. 
yeah, Chrissy's now the world long course champion and world Ironman champion. So uh, she's the champ. She is undisputed. Undisputed. Holds all the all the belts. All the belts. This isn't the ITU. This is the ITU. I mean, but oh, the she, short yeah, course. Yeah, hasn't got a short course. So that would be if anybody ever did that. If they won, that's never going to happen again, is it? Oh no, no. But if you had the world championship. Well, long distance, Mark 70, did it, 70. Didn't he? point three. And did, did Aaron Baker have it at the same time as well? Aaron Baker has won all of them, but I don't think it was in, maybe not in the same year. Okay. Um, and Mark Allen won them all as well, didn't he? I'd say he probably did, yeah. Yeah, because I remember yeah. when we did that game with you. He was yeah. definitely, because I remember them all now as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the guys' side of things, we had... Julian Loy. Oh, do you know France. him? He has won it once before. I'm not sure if he won last year, but he's the second time he's won the title. Did it on the run, came through the one hour 45, which is pretty impressive. Okay, what's the distance? <laughs> distance is 4K swim, although it sounded like a bit long. None of the, none of the guys broke uh, one hour by the look of it. I think the fastest time there was one hour and 48 seconds. The bike is 120Ks and the run is 30Ks. Oh, uh, okay. And I read on Slow Twitch, on the actual Slow Twitch site, not the forum, uh, that, uh, well, I don't think the, the, the splits were accurate, but it said he went through 5K in like 15.30 then did the next 5k in like 16 low 16 so it doesn't sound accurate but it does sound like he pretty much went out and just Belted killed it. the first half of the run he had to uh claw somebody back i think it was jimmy johnson maybe or one of the danish guys uh to, to claw his way back into the lead but second time he's won the race the frenchies always do well at the world long distance champs francois should why well, well they probably they place a slightly higher emphasis on it than than other countries around the world and maybe it also is to do with their funding if they do well there they may may help with their funding so Francois Chabot was second he's a pretty regular sort of good Ironman athlete Uh, and Marty Jensen from Denmark was third also interesting to see Jonas Colton coming back with a good race in fifth and uh, Paul good the, the glove man there was in 11th place. Jesus, story. Jesus, the glove man's unbelievable, isn't he? <laughs> okay, then, so what else do we have on Jumbo? We had Iron Man Wisconsin. Yeah, no, it's no, coming, coming up. <laughs> we had the, <laughs> Aust- the Austrian race. Oh, wait, that one there. That? Okay, here we go. The Austrian race, and who won that? We had Greek. No, there'd be Florian Greek from Germany. Took it out in, scroll across the page. 8.45.40. 8.45. We had Alex... Furwith from Austria in second. 8.50. And Reina Furman in third. Nine hours and 36 seconds. And on the lady side of things, I'm trying to kill some time here, we had... It's teams. Uh, okay. Can't find the ladies. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We've got, we've got our Austrian is going to improve. I can go back to... No, that one there. Uh. Okay, here we go. So this here, I'm trying to make sure there's no blank spots. That, that one there, Jombo, okay. Oh, I don't know. Here we go. On the ladies' side of things, Team no, Sport team. Nora. Okay, we're struggling. Our Austrian isn't Couldn't great. Find the ladies. So apologies for the girls, um, but that was the Austrian race. If you want to find out the results for it yourself, you can, and you can l- speak Austrian. Speak Austrian. Go to k226.com. They've got a link through to their site there. Why did we do the Austrian before the Ironman? We had an Ironman on. We're Ironman talk. Well, we did this on third. Yeah, well, we need to sharpen up here, we mate. We don't. We've got to I, start I with actually, I, I sent Bevan an email. We've got to. We've got to get on top. He of gave me. The, he gave me the mother email, didn't well, you? No, it was pointing the finger at both of us. Yes, you, I admit you took responsibility for your actions as well. I'm yeah. proud of you. 
So, I've been reading a book called The QBQ, Question Behind the Question. Right. And it's all about personal responsibility, John. Oh, nice. So I've taken responsibility for mine as well. I've even done prep my answers to the no. discussion. Have you? Oh, well, I know no, you have. I have. I have. I thought there was some top discussions. We'll get onto that when we get there. Oh, okay. Here we go. So, Iron Man Louisville, not Louisville. Good old Louisville. Uh, Kentucky and the K- Kentucky Derby. Well... We had Chris McDonald last year who took the race out. First time they've ever held it there, so this year was second time, obviously. Defending title. He'd been undefeated there. Undefeated. <laughs> he failed to... <laughs> failed. Failed to... Miserably. To defend his title. Uh, he what was, happened? He was leading off the bike, uh, so it was six out, of the, six out of the swim. Chris McDonald was 54 minutes, so a slow swim by everybody because I also noticed that Hilary Biscay is a good swimmer. She came out in 54, so it would look like a fairly long day at the office for the swim. Oh, Chris Holt. Chris Holt, he won 51, but he's an ex-Olympic swimmer, so you'd expect oh, okay. that. So it still 51 for him is, is probably a bit on the slow side. Chris McDonald killed it on the bike, uh, rode 4.36. He took the lead uh, in the last third of the ride. Andrew Johns... Um, was leading up to that, this stage. It looks like he probably uh, DNF'd. I can't see his name yeah. there. So he was leading for a long stage. Came off the bike in second. I think not too far behind Chris, and then it exploded on the run. Chris was leading until the um, halfway yeah, mark on the run. So did he? And did he blow? Did he? I don't know if he was blowing all the way through or if he just blew. But he only ran a three nineteen. Um, so he obviously blew. So he probably blew, but he may have been running that pace all the way through. But Max Longry took the race out. Good, uh, well not a good swim, he swam 59 minutes, um, steady bike, 4.41, and then ripped the run with a 2.48 to finish in 8.33, which is about five to six minutes quicker than what Chris went last year, so a new race record. Yep. From my understanding, conditions were pretty tricky, hot, windy, humid, bit of everything, so we're looking down at those run times and they are pretty miserable but you've got yeah. to think that if somebody can run a 2.48 why can't the others also put in good well, runs? well you had one other guy the guy who got third Sergio yeah 3.04 so and, but other than him bad. everyone else was above no, oh, pretty much 20 there's a couple under just under 20 but so some some miserable run splits there but you've got you to give guys like Chris McDonald he's still managed to get third uh get second place with a 319 yeah. so whether that says something about how awesome he did on the bike or whether, whether it says something that the quality of the field wasn't super um, we've got a great email from Daniel from Germany just saying that just in case we didn't know about Max Longry yeah uh, he was the age group champion in 2006 and he ran 248 in Kona nice. top 20 overall as an age grouper nice. I think we remember talking about him I think yeah I yeah, think we do uh, yeah I think he's blonde if I seem to recall yeah um, pro since 2007 again top 20 in Kona how do you remember people's hair colour <laughs> I just need to remember the photo. Now I've got a 20, well, not 2020 memory, that's eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a 2020 memory, I have. He got top three in Austria in 2007. So the funny thing was, he used to be an amazing swimmer 10 years ago, but he's obviously got a little bit lazy. Yeah, and he trusts his running, but yeah. uh, it worked for him. He ran 2.48, so... Good to see um, him coming through, and Sergio Marks, who's won a few other Ironman races, also got third. Michael Golner was fourth place in 904 uh, also faded a bit on the run I think he was in the mix certainly after the, the swim on the bike and then Chris Howth was fifth. Okay and on the ladies side of things good old oh <sighs> Ma Iska Kramer Postma took it out on the run as well again yeah, wow. dominated the run 318 so she ran quicker than most of the guys. Yeah it's definitely a slow day if you look at like Hillary was just under 10 and she's normally closer to 9.5 isn't she? Mm. Yeah. So she uh, that that name that Bevan said was first. 
and Heather Golnick second. Nine hours 54, and it was pretty close racing. Heather Golnick was second, as Bevan said, 9.56. Elizabeth Christensen, good to see her making a bit of a comeback as well. She was uh, right in the mix, sort of leading for, for portions of the race, but faded on the run with a 3.40, so she managed 9.58. And Hilary Biscay, she was also um, fairly well up there. And Hilary swam 51, so maybe the other guys just swam miserably. And she uh, hung on to Chris House's feet. Yeah, so missed it. She went 9.59. Good to see her dipping under the 10 hours. And Rebecca Preston, a little bit disappointing. In, in oh, Bree Wee. Fifth place. Bree Wee was uh, right up there leading, I think, after the bike. Um, and then faded a little bit. So... Interesting racing there. I do note that Hillary is entered down on uh, the Ironman next weekend as well, so it'll be interesting to see if she backs up there. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if Hillary. The woman is no. a bloody legend. There's no yeah. night. We think you're a legend, Hillary. Okay, we also had the Austrian try we've talked no, about, talking. Canadian 226. Couldn't get the results. And Plymouth Rock Tri Festival. Couldn't get results. Whatever. <laughs> do I don't Even think we tried. Not, not trying hard well, enough. No, no, look, look. We're, we, we're just stupid. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look very hard. No. Let's move on, John. So you go on k226.com yeah, if you want to find out results oh, on those. my computer. I need a new computer. Okay, so coming up this weekend, we've got the Colong 226. Or the Cologne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Col- the Colon 226. It could be a measurement of a certain part of your body, maybe. <laughs> okay, we've got 1,900 athletes registered, which is pretty big. Is that so for the iron distance race? It's I think for all of them. They have a few races there. They have a half-distance race. They have the 226, which is obviously iron distance. <laughs> and they have a new distance this year. They're doing the colon... Not the colon now, you got me. The, the Cologne 226 Extreme, which is basically doing a, a double Ironman. So you do one Ironman, say, on the Saturday, and oh, then you that's back it up on the Sunday. Is John. It that's, is extreme. I'm feeling pretty extreme next to you. We've got a few good guys here. Obviously, being in Germany, um, it's, you know. Back it up, John. What are you doing to our peas? I, because I thought this race deserved more than the fields that have been assembled for these ones at five. Well, so. I mean, Wisconsin's on. Yep. Oh, let's talk about that. We are. When we're finished uh, about Cologne 226. That should be third on the list. As I was saying. We're not Cologne. As I was saying, at Cologne, we've got some good Germans racing. Stefan Liebertrau won there last year in 826, and there's some good German guys racing. Oh, but we've got some great racing in Wisconsin. We've got a guy called Chris McDonald's backing it up. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he does, but we're not... I maybe he will, maybe, maybe, maybe he will. Because of the run. But uh, Chris, yeah, I think a few guys will probably be sort of hedging their bets a little bit, saying, well, if I bomb out in Kentucky, I can at least race next weekend. Justin and, uh, Granger? Get in there. So Jason Shortus is seeded number one. Luke oh. Drags is seeded number two. Uh, Chris McDonald is seeded number three. Yeah, number Peter four. Peter Coltland, don't know of him. He's seeded four. Marcus Fuck. <laughs> 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 Fuck, fuck, fuck. He's a student from Germany. <laughs> and who else do we have there? Oh, good times. We've got Martin Flinter. He came out to Christchurch once, a Swedish dude. So who's going to take this one? It's, it's, a, it's a second tier race, isn't I think Chase uh, Shortus is usually a fairly consistent performer. If he can get a swimming, he often sometimes swims. And for some reason, he seems to get quite a few drafting penalties on the bike. And yeah. that may be because he's a long way back and he's got to make his way through the field. But... More, I, I what know does he swim? A recent race, uh, pretty ordinary. Like if the top guys are swimming 48, 49, he's usually sort of mid 50s. Okay. So he's always going to lose a little bit of time in the swim. But he's a strong bike runner. Strong isn't biker, he? strong yeah. runner. So yeah. I think he would be the man to beat there. Okay. And then on the girl side of things, can you remember off my heart, John? No, I can't remember off my heart. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what comes up. Nobody. Nobody. W, really? w, w, you put an F pro instead of W pro. Ah, 
wide female, you think, wouldn't you? You you would think, but it's going to be W, I think. Here we go. W Pro. W Pro. There we go. We've got about eight. Who we got here? We got nobody. Hillary, Hillary's again. Hillary, that's what I said. I thought, uh, you know, this could be a race for her to take out because there's not really any other name. I hope she does because Hillary's really familiar Hillary's with. a hard-working athlete. And she hasn't got the win yet, has she? Don't think so. Not in a uh, WTC race. Don't think so. Yeah. Tell you one one person to watch would be, um, and I don't know if this is a relative of Kate Major, but a lady by the name of Emma Major from Australia. <laughs> Is racing, and I wonder if she's. Well, you're basing it Kate purely Major. on the last name. Well, and she's from Australia, <laughs> and she's from Australia, so there you go. She's racing pro, so that's what I'm basing it on. I think she's going to win then. She she may be like the third cousin down the line, you know, and just you know. Could be. We'll wait okay. and see. Whatever race we've got, what we're going to give on. If, what are you going to give me if I'm right and you're wrong? Um, I'll give you. Um, what do you want? A new computer, not your piece of crap. Computer <laughs> you can have this either. one when I get one you want. <laughs> Okay, we've got Iron Man. Oh, man. Iron Man UK, oh, scroll to the top. There we go, scroll to the top. Iron Man UK. Now, we've got a lot of UK listeners, so be interested in seeing what you guys think. Scott Nieri. Last year's winners. Last year's winners there, uh, and he's got the number one bib. Bella Comerford, last year's female winner, has got the number two bib. Oh, that's quite a different done that, eh? And then Stephen Bayliss is obviously there. Fraser uh, Carmichael. Fraser, or Cartmel, Cartmel, I should say. Making his Iron Man debut, so I'll be interested to see how he goes. Yep. And... You know, other than that, there's not, you know, a lot of people that you're really familiar with. I think um, Bella's main sort of contender will come from Andrea Brady, the German. Back it up. Toby Radcliffe. To- the Tobinator. Tobinator's racing pro. Yeah, he's raced pro for a little while now. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't know that. So, uh, only... he's still trying to get sub nine, isn't he? Yeah. Welcome to my old world. <laughs> <laughs> On that course, sub nine is quite an achievement. So there's only 33 male and female pros. Often, often this race does throw up a few surprises, both on the females and the male side of things. Um, yep. So I'll be interested to see. I think... That uh, Bella and Stephen would be odds on favourites. Wouldn't be surprised to see Fraser Cartmel put in a pretty strong race. Yeah, he's race. been strong this year, hasn't he? You know, it's it's much easier to step up from half Iron Man and put in a good Iron Man than it is to go the other way. Okay. So, wouldn't be surprised to see him put up a good performance as well. Hey, good luck to all your listeners out there doing racing this weekend. It's obviously a pretty big weekend for you coming up, and mm. we know we wish you all the best. Uh, that's for. That's it for Ironman races oh, until Kona. No okay. more no, no more WTC races until we get to middle of October. So we okay, so we've got stuff Astro quit. Man in Japan. It's a half and a full distance race, which oh. I've done. Have you? And, How'd you uh, go? I got third. Nice. And a half. And it was kind of a two-thirds Iron Distance race okay. in that Ironman one, which Jason Shortest and Belinda Granger won. Okay, great. Illinois Triathlon. Al- Alini. Oh, that's... Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should get glasses. They have a, uh, a full and a it's half. It's of the lines. A full and a half distance race there, and on the website, it's one of those ones that doesn't look like you have to wear a top on the run. You can run around topless. Okay. Would you like to do an Ironman with your top off? No, because I get sunburned. What if it's not sunburn condition? Well, then, there's not many of those. Yeah, no. No. I, I, I'd keep to carry things. I work on my abs. Oh, I don't. I've got <laughs> to, the last couple of days. Thomas has found this new thing. He goes around and he pokes my stomach. And, and you've lost like, your abs, have you? Because well, you were looking, not that I'm looking at you in that way, John, but yeah. in right, you were looking pretty sharp. Yeah, no, there's a bit of... Oh, he, the mayor's coming on, is it? Yeah, he's podging, there's a bit of podge there. Oh, there you go. Well, we've got a hot topic of the week. Do I need to put up the website or have you done your peas? Oh, you pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've picked mine, so because I've already done my peas, like okay. someone well, sent hope... through the email yesterday saying we should do that. I, I know which ones I'm going to do. Just hope well, no, not, because I've done my peas first. I think I should get first ranking. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, here we go. Where's so, my picks? I think, it, picks? I think it's a fantastic topic, and we got some bloody good posts on we here. We did get some good posts, didn't we? So the, the topic was, does a high-performance program you know, for the Olympics... Oh, does money equal results? Money equal results. Um, and some, some really good ones. So did you happen to pick Troy, who was the first poster on No, there? I no. didn't. Good. Well, I'll, okay, well, I'll you do go, Troy I'll, You go first, and then I'll read through mine so I can read it normally. <laughs> It actually looks like you have not picked ones that I've got, which is good. Oh, this is sensational, John. So let's pull up the website. Well, how about so I, I start? Because your okay. one's taking forever to come through. Okay, mine's from Stephen. How to say that last name? Matt Yusik. Matt Yusik. I think that the system that countries use make a lot of difference. In the US, that we send the best people in each sport. No, Andy Potts, Alan Webb. There are others, I am sure. But those names kind of stuck out. We do get an influx of people from other nations that compete for us in, as US citizens. That, some, that helps sometimes... Other times, well, not so much. I think that if the US invested in their athletes such as they, so, so they could train 24-7 and not have to work at Walmart to support themselves, I think they would be better. And this is across all disciplines, not just the ones where they're supported, uh, supposed to be great at. Uh, and then some 14-year-olds wouldn't hurt us either, uh, obviously with the Chinese with the birth certificates. Uh, nice. Yeah. Love your work. So but interesting to say there because I, I would imagine, I mean, when we're talking triathlon here, pr- all the F triathletes in America um, would be full-time. And I would say... All the guys who are going to get to the Olympics at least. I'd say everybody in the Olympics who d- did triathlon probably would be full-time athletes okay. um, and be getting some sort of support from, from the country. Well, so. He's got a good point about the system of choosing athletes. Andy Potts. Yeah, I think Americans, the POMs, we're talking triathlon here, completely balls up their selection. Um, the POMs really underperformed in, in the triathlon, yeah. and so did the Americans, and it's because they leave their selection so late, um, whereas other countries select early, and then they've got the whole year to prepare for the race. So but it's also insane. just a funny... Like, is he, uh, you know, I don't know much about ITU, but Andy Potts obviously is the man at the moment, isn't he? Well, is he? Well, no, I, I think he would have been done really well at the Olympics. Um, but the Americans have got their selection criteria. They have three races, and if, um, if you've you got three it, chances, you if you've got to basically be first American in each of those, in one of those races, and you get to go. So he had his chances. You can't say that he, he okay, didn't get his enough. chances. But anyway. Uh, so Troy from Athlinks said, the topic has generated a lot of discussion in the US since China whooped our butts in the gold medal count. Uh, he says the same sort of things that uh, Stephen was saying that um, America has got a good pool of athletes to, to choose yeah, from yeah. W- whether they're from America or not because they've got Matt Reed's obviously an Australian turned Kiwi turned um, American and, and a few others um, next comes the money do we have first class facilities in the states especially when you throw in NCAA programs on top of the USTC facilities for instance five of the top 10 Olympic producer, producing colleges in the US have great facilities um, there's also f- f- great facilities at Flagstaff Big Bear Cup, um, Boulder etc so you've got a great facilities there um, it looks like you've got the athletes what we're missing it seems in this new wave of athleto communism is, Ch- is that the Chinese have taken from the Russians is a singular focus on the Olympics the Chinese see the Olympics as Lance Armstrong saw the Tour de France, one event, one goal. Their athletes train from day one and are supported by the state to bring national glory. The Americans are still um, top dog on the overall medal count, but only just from, from when I remember looking at the medals. Uh, but you can't, ex- you can't expect that. To, you can expect that to change as well. Okay, wait a second. Oh, yeah, has, have you finished? Yep. Do we really? Can the Yanks really pull off the whole we're the top dogs because they have the most medals? No. 
No, yeah, China, China was the top. China was topped off. Yeah, by country mark. By country mark. Yeah, yeah. So uh, middle overall middle count doesn't count. Good point, so though, doesn't it? He, he's he's made a few good points there. You know, they've got the in America, they've got the facilities, they've got the got athletes and they've got overseas athletes coming in, so they should have athletes to pick from. Um, and it's maybe just that little bit of attitude that they're missing a little bit there. The other thing as well with the Americans is that their their key sports aren't Olympic sports. You know, it's baseball, mm. basketball, gridiron, mm. and hockey. You know, mm. and that's where the majority of their athletes you aspire know, to get. Yeah, to yeah, as well. totally. And so the the Olympic sports maybe don't inspire their young athletes as much as maybe what mm. the Chinese athletes do. Okay, we've got Julian Hudson. Uh, the simple answer is yes, with British cycling, rowing, and sailing being good examples. Now he's got here um, some facts researched a lot. Um, it's actually research not just from the top of his head but Great Britain finished 36 in the middle table I'm not sure what year that was this improved to 10th in Sydney and Athens but Great Britain finished 4th in Beijing so obviously keep improving the primary reason is funding uh, this commenced big time in 2006 when London was awarded 2012 games Sport in Great Britain is funded in a number of ways including youth sport trusts UK sport local authorities and Sport England and O the Lottery the lottery has been pumping funds into UPOK sport for over 10 years and is at approximately 50% of the funding now. Wow, the rest comes from the government and private sector. Individual athletes also receive funding on the means of test-based bases to cover their living and training costs. Uh, the top-level athletes, e.g. those who stand realistic chance of podium place, receive packages worth up to £75,000 a year covering all the costs, including coaching, training facility, medical specialists, etc., uh, Great Britain's. This is huge. This last yeah. point he says. Great Britain. Uh, sp- sorry, I'm stealing your oh, yeah, thunder here, David. You want to carry spent on? Spent in the region of GB pounds. Okay, uh, 235 million on the sports in the Beijing Olympics, and compared to 70 million in Athens. Wow, and 59 in Sydney. The biggest winners were cycling, rowing, and sailing. Mm. Money meant medals, which it really did, didn't it? For the I think it does. And, and I think one of the differences with UK sport is they're, they're doing it across the board. They're not just going, right, we're going to pump all our money into our current Olympic hopefuls. Yeah. They're, they're really, they've got a good development program. And despite me slagging off their triathlon selections, when you look at triathlon as a whole, they're doing very, very well across the board. Like at the World Champs, they're doing excellently well in age group. They're doing really well in juniors, under 19s, under 23s. Yeah. They're developing a great system for the future, aren't they? Yeah. But they keep, the, the Olympics seem to be their stumbling spot in triathlon, but across all other events, they're doing very, very well. And I think that is largely a result of the funding. And athletes can now see that there is a future and they can make money out of it. So I think in that case, money is making a difference. They're creating a good pathway for athletes to follow. And it's good that they're kind of backing athletes with a bit of money just for their cost of living and stuff like that. Mm. You know, yeah, definitely. Fegan, I think um, one of the best posts on here and, and something like one of the points that I really want to get across. Um, Team Team GB, rulers of the sports that require bucket loads of cash and uh, cash and daddy having 30 acres of paddock. So if you look at the sports that Great Britain do well at, indoor cycling, you need the facilities to train, swimming, you need the pools, equestrian, you need inbreeding, <laughs> rowing. Um, well, it's, it's tough, um, but you still just can't pick up due to the high costs, entry costs, sailing, boats are expensive, running, cheap as chips, hence we got ourselves, our asses handed to us by the rest of the world, synchronised swimming, WTF, we can all figure out what that means. Um, money makes a huge difference. Indeed, African running has come up a huge amount since it got funding, sponsorship, and, and organised. So what he's really saying there is... That they've chosen the expensive sports. They've cho- and, and credit to them. And New Zealand does exactly the same thing. We focus on pretty much the same sports. Cycling yeah. costs a lot of money, and so we're good at it. Triathlon costs a lot of money, so we're quite good at it. Rowing, we're equally... Well, so we're a rich country. 
No, but we choose, we we support events that are softer to do it because yeah. I don't care how much money we throw at, at say athletics in New Zealand, yeah. we're not going to be able to compete with the no. African countries, whether that's genetics, their training facilities, whatever. We're not going hey, to be able Nick to. Hey, Nick Willis, mate. One, <laughs> one example. You're always going to get the rogue example. So <laughs> the rogue example. I think. Uh, Fagan makes an excellent point no, there. Fagan, that, you need um, religion, mate. There's no denying A it. lot of the Western countries are going to struggle to compete in events that don't cost money that the Asian and African countries can do well at. Yep. So, so, is, is, so you think, like, a big country now looks at the Olympics and go, okay, where are we best to spend our money? Well, that, totally. I heard an interview with um, Mark Elliott, who's the director of the High Performance Cycling um, Program in New Zealand, used to be... Uh, director of triathlon yeah. in New Zealand as well. Bevan's coach. Yep, and he said uh, the, the guy asked the question, "Have you got enough money to run your program?" And he says, "Well, we do, but we've got to be very specific. We just t- focus on the events that we're good at. And New Zealanders are good at pursuit, individual pursuit, team pursuit, and they just focus on that. They don't try to develop a sprint well, program." Yes, what about the development of the sport as an overall? Is it a bit weird because it's like, well. We're only going to be this one thing? Well, we're, t- we're talking high-performance sport here, so I think that, that you have two streams of funding. You have one stream of funding that goes to the top end, and you, yeah. your their objective is to bring home Olympic and World Championship medals. The other side of funding goes to, and that's how it's done in New Zealand, you get funding for high-performance and you get funding for sport development. So mm. he's focusing on the high-performance okay. side of things, and he's got to be very structured on how he spends the money. Sean Bluth sent through this one. Uh, money does make a difference in this order. Infrastructure, coaching, programs, talent, passion. New Zealand has done well in the past by doing it the other way. Passion, then talent, has got us there with no money. Kids now have passion and talent beefing out of them and taught to participate in our nanny state. So to compete, we must give them everything to succeed, and then we need to pay coaches big money to bring passion back into them. I like that, paying the coaches big money. <laughs> <laughs> so big money, money does make a difference, but only so far. Once you have the infrastructure... Though you need to pay the coaches, as only then will success become sustained. Just look at how many Kiwi coaches are being brought by other countries. I agree. It's, he makes some, some good points there. Yeah, nice. you know, uh, Alan Ward, I'm not going to choose yours, but you admit to bring up some good points. My last one is <laughs> going to be uh, down the bottom. That was my Daniel. One. No, Daniel. That one, my one. Daniel, a good German man, yep. isn't he? Yep. Uh, there are two aspects to the question. The athlete's own financial situation, and one, and two, the amount of support they get from the program. So the first question is, does the athlete have to work to make a living? If yes, that's bad performance. The German Olympic program gives most of the top athletes a regular income, i.e. they're employees of the state. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but it makes sure that they can focus on their sport alone. Second part of it is, a pro athlete needs coaching, training facilities, training camps, travel support and medical support. If all of these are provided and the athlete is a true professional, as said above, that should be good enough to win medals. Um, that should be affordable. Uh, that should be affordable, but it shows that quite some money is required. Why are the Chinese results so good? Home advantage. Definitely. Performance always um, dissertates the best of the bunch. The bigger the bunch, the better the performance. If they don't care, uh, they don't care for losses as long as there is a gold medal in the end. And here comes the money issue again. Doping research costs quite a lot of money. <laughs> But it may be the cheapest way to buy medals. Oh, that's very controversial. I'm going to say out of that one. So your thoughts, John? You're, did you do three or not? I've done my piece, John. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. God, yeah. um, nice. I, I kind of agree with what Daniel said. Is um, I don't think money directly um, produces good performances because uh, there's some countries that sort of prove that completely wrong. So I think 
you definitely need enough money for athletes to go over and get international experience and not be stressed about being on the bones of their ass, i.e. Yeah. providing for competing at, at World Cup events and if we're talking triathlon and having a small amount of money, then to achieve above that, uh, it comes down to I think personnel, personnel and, and talent identification, getting the right people in there. So I don't think it costs a massive amount of money, but it'd be... I think the population thing in China. Okay, is let's a say huge let's say you get two countries. Mm-hmm. You get two countries: New Zealand, two four four million dollar countries, same kind of population. You know, like isn't genetics? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Money's the key factor, isn't it? No, I think personnel is more important. I think. Okay. I think. It's well, how do you get personnel without money? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That may cost money, but you yeah. can sometimes get good personnel without money. Really? Um, Nowadays, well, yeah, yeah. You sometimes <laughs> you, you run just, a triathlon club. How do you find getting personnel? You just strike it lucky sometimes, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Well, that was my point. My point was, uh, yeah, to a certain extent, money is important, but I think personnel and getting people motivated and, and having a really good leader of a high-performance program is equally important. And Mark Elliott's a good example of that. He's sort of done well in triathlon, then he's gone over yeah. to cycling, and he's done some really good stuff there. So, But what f- it does fascinate me to how the hell the Chinese do all this. You know, is it drugs, which um, there weren't any positive drug tests. So oh, they've got a billion people as well. a billion people, so... Um, what, what what the hell motivates them? That's what I'm really interested. Is it money that motivates them to get to the top, or, or what? What do you think? Well, I think it's the whole trying to be a world leader, isn't it? Mm. You know, because sport is one of it's like theatre, it's like the arts. It's, you know, art. You know, that's one of the things about the US. They've been one of the you know the, the movies kind of producing countries and that influences society. And mm. I think you look to your stars, and they probably identify that sporting stars are big keys and kind mm. of your cultural icon. So it's interesting. Yeah, I think the, the Poms are onto a good thing. I think they've put a lot of money in and they've created the pathways. We better, we better just move on. If you want to give some more thought to this discussion, because we've done our usual sort of roundabout and haven't really come up with a conclusion. My conclusion is that I think it does make a huge difference if it's used the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, as you say, infrastructure is I think really it's important. not the BLN. You need a, a good amount, yep. but I don't think to go from being um, good to being superstars yep. it's not money that makes a difference yeah, okay. there's something okay. else we'll move on <laughs> move on just quickly because this is going to be like an hour 20 show oh we, that, people love it <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you change the tempo yeah I did good <laughs> thank god for that okay so this week we're doing my one Iron Man Tattoo do you get one? Oh, you know this is going to be a good one <laughs> I just basically would you get one have you got one and if so why would you get one and if not why wouldn't you get one we just want to hear all your ideas on it because on Getting the M dot tattoo. Okay, this week's uh, discussion has been brought to you by Arda Try. Remember, if you go to Arda Try and use the discount code on the checkout, it's IMT78 and uh, bring it on. Arda Try, we love all the gear t shirts, hoodies, long sleeve t shirts, and it's good organic, stuff. and money goes back into Porter the got one uh, and he loves dude. it. Yeah, he loves it. It's good. He, he came around to my party having it on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed your party. I was out to dinner. It was, it was a good love. party. It was, it was a great party. I'll tell yeah. you some goss. Okay, uh, so go out of try.com code is IMT78 you get discount on stuff so it's always good we, we deliver ok we've got to go because this is going to be a long show ever here we go Porno was actually around the other night playing yeah. the piano oh really yeah that's what made me think of that then oh I thought that was going to be his music well, it was. Okay. Well, it wasn't, but he said a lot like that. Is this the Christy intro, is it? Yeah, but I'm talking okay. about our album. Okay. Our album was great. Right. Good. <laughs> you put it up on a future show. So we don't need to do too much of an introduction for Chrissy Wellen because we all know who she is. She's oh. a legend. So here's great Chrissy. Here's Chrissy. We love her. 
Righty ho, so we're very happy uh, to have for the second time. Second time, I'm loving that. Iron Man Talk, the Christinator. The <laughs> Christinator, is this a new name? It's <laughs> a name, so welcome along to the show. Ben, how's your, how's your morning swim in Switzerland today? No, it's not been too bad at all. Thanks for having me on. That's oh, good. Yeah. So it's been a, um, a pretty successful year so far, sort of carrying on from last year. You've, uh, you've had quite a few races. Um, has it all sort of gone to plan so far? Oh yeah, it's not been a bad year at all. It's, it's been it's been superb, and I think I mean when I won Kona last year, I and probably many others were worried that it was like a one-off. So it was it was really good for me this year, I guess, to prove to myself and and to show other people if I needed to that I could I could back it up. Mm-hmm. So so that's you know that's been really pleasing and. It's just yeah, it's just been a it's been a great year, a bit of a whirlwind, and I can't believe Kona's coming round again. It's gone past so quickly. Yeah, I can imagine. Hey, we read somewhere that you actually found Ironman Arizona, Austria, Austria, Australia, Australia. Yeah. Oh, AUZ. Okay, well, I didn't know that. Sorry, John. We heard you actually found it harder than Kona. Is it true? And if so, why? Um, I think because I went into Kona with with no expectations okay. on myself, you know, there was there was no pressure, and I just I put an, an you know enormous amount of pressure on myself, but no one else had any yeah. on me. Yeah. So I think that, that that did make it easier. And, and then coming into Australia, I was so conscious that I wanted to to show people what I could do and prove to myself, like I said before, that it wasn't just a one off. Yeah. So I think that's why it was harder. You know, Kona's really physically tough and, and mentally tough, but it wasn't as mentally tough for me last year because I went into it almost blind, whereas going into Australia, I wasn't blind at all, and I had that big target on my back. And I, I just didn't know how I was going to deal with the additional pressure that, you know, being world champion, you know, brought. So I think that's why it was it was harder. And I found it to be a really tough course as well, so... Okay. How have you, you know that? You've gone from being someone who is, you know, not, you know, kind of a nobody in the sport to overnight being, you know, the biggest name in the sport. And there's obviously a huge amount of pressure. And when we spoke to you this time last year, after Kona, you probably haven't really experienced it. You know, eight months, ten months down the track, how's that changed your life and how are you handling that? Um, yeah, I mean, Kona's changed my life in so many, you know, so many ways and all of them wonderful it's been it's been absolutely fantastic but the win at Kona surprised me as much as everyone else yeah well almost all but you know it's it surprised me so much and and the success that I continue to have is still you know still surprises me um but yeah there is additional pressure there's additional responsibilities that have but um like I said before I've just got to see those as an advantage and not a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So see them as an opportunity. Um, and that's the way I, I do try and deal with things. But, you know, I'm lucky being in this in this team environment that I, I am in. We're pretty isolated in the places that we train. So it just means that I can get away from everything and all the hype and I'm just surrounded by the team, by Brett, who keeps my feet firmly on the ground. And... You know, I also keep in close contact with all my friends that I had before yep. all of this started. So they just know me as me and not as some kind of superstar. So that I think that helps keep me grounded. 
as well. But I mean, I'm all too aware that it could all it, it came so quickly and it could all go tomorrow. Mm. So I'm just I'm just really super excited about having this opportunity and you know I'm going to seize it while I do and and try never to take it for granted as well. So you've got the um, when when this actually interview goes uh, on on live next week it will be after the event but this weekend you've got the world long distance champs coming up and uh, you're going going head to head with Yvonne Van Clerken who sort of set the the fastest Ironman time and, and wrote this year. Is, going into this race, are you looking to looking forward to racing her or are you just going to treat it as a, as another race? No, I mean, I'm re- really excited about racing. I'm I'm training, like I did with Timberman last week, training pretty much into it. Yeah. So definitely using it as a training race for Kona, you know, the last big, big hit out <laughs> and to get some strength into my legs. But, you know, whenever I race, I race to, you know, to, to try and win and, and to give it everything. So, no, I'm, I'm really excited. And, yeah, of course, Avon's the main... Main, my main competitor, but there, there are definitely going to be others. And Yvonne, you know, proved at, at Rose again what, you know, what a great athlete she is. So it would definitely be good to have a head-to-head, head-to-head before before Kona, and, and plus it's on her home turf, so um, she's she's got a little bit of an advantage. But no, it'll be it'll be it'll be great. It'll be great fun, and no, I'm looking forward looking forward to the race. Yeah, I mean, um, I know well, she had a very good battle with uh, Erica, Erica Samoa in, in Rote. Do you train quite a bit with her? And uh, what planet is she on? Because I read some of her blogs and they're, they're pretty uh, cryptic. <laughs> yeah, she's, 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 she's way out there. She's way out there. No, she's, she's a great girl. And yeah, she's, she's been on the team the past year. And I've, I've really, really enjoyed training with her. She's brought a lot to the team. And I think... Training with her, especially on the run, has, has helped me significantly. Mm. You know, we do a lot of our track sessions together, and, and I push her, but she definitely, definitely pushes me and has helped helped bring my times down. And it was great to see her battling with with Yvonne. And I, I mean, I think she's stronger now than she was at Rose. So mm. Erica's definitely one to watch out for, one that I will be watching out for in, in Kona. She's improved immeasurably, and, and she's also a really... A really nice person and a really good person to have on the team. It's, um, so you know, like when we like we do interviews with like Mecca and stuff, and you talk to Mecca and he's like ultra, you know, competitive, ultra motivated, and all the rest of it. And one comment we seem to hear about you is that you seem, you know, quite happy out there when you're out there and you're doing it. What what drives Chrissy Wellington? What motivates you? Doing a race or yeah. doing training? In, in a yeah, race. doing a race. Um, the beer and the food at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Soon I get to the end, soon I can have a glass of wine. <laughs> um, no, I guess it's, you know, hitting hitting that fine line between, between between pleasure and pain. That sounds a bit kinky, but I guess that's what we all we all strive for, that, that kind of pain threshold that means that we're, you know, we're giving it everything and leaving everything out there on the course. And, you know, I'd be lying if I, did, if I said I wasn't motivated by winning. Of course I am. I'm a... You know, I'm a pro athlete, and even as an age grouper, that's what, you know, that's what drove me. Yeah. Um, that I wanted to be the best, especially that I could be. But you know, I do, I do go out there, and I want, and I want to win, and that's why I do the, do the sport, and I have to be willing to give it everything I have to to try and get me there. So I guess that, you know, that's what, what motivates me. But I, I mean, I love the sport, and that's why I'm smiling all the time, and I find it easier to smile than. 
than frown. So uh, yeah. it does help. It does help, help relax me. But you know, there's a couple of well, there's more than a couple of motivating factors. But I guess they're the main ones. Um, a lot of guys, um, whether it's right or wrong, don't like females to be uh, in front of them at the finish. Sean's one of them. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me that. It's a sad day when a woman beats Sean. <laughs> I, I actually um, I came off the bench with Erica Samore and uh, Yvonne Van Clerken and wrote, and they, they spanked about five minutes into me on the run. I wasn't, I wasn't very happy. But, um, Your ego took a big bruising. Um, when, when you're out there, do you enjoy kicking guys' ass, or is it you just basically trying out to go out there and, and win the girls' race? Because we did notice that you obviously got second in uh, the Alp de Wears triathlon not too far ago. Yeah, um, I often don't know um, what position I'm in until I get onto the run. So in both Alp Duez and, and Timberman, I, w- I wasn't actually sure where I was in terms of the male and female standings. So I mean, I knew I was in the lead as, as, as the woman, but I didn't know that I was so close to the to the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I just go out there and, and and give it everything I've got. But, you know, when you're on the run, you, you see people ahead and, you know, you think, oh, maybe I could pick him off, but I won't run harder than I, I know I can just to try and catch the guy in front. No. Um, but you can use them a little bit as a, as a moving target. Yeah. So, um, you know, last year you had a pretty amazing Kona race. If you're in the same position this year as you were last year, will you actually have a crack at the record? Is there, is there like, there's a record? The run record. What's that? The run record. Uh, the overall yeah, record. Yeah, like, you know, bring on Paula and Newby Fraser's record. I guess, I, I mean, I wasn't that close to the record I don't think last year but I mean I was close to, the, to that run record I think I have to make sure I know exactly what all the records are this <laughs> time so that someone's showing up and I can look at my watch and, and make sure I go for it um, you know I'll be I'll be going out there and, and, and swim biking and running as hard as I can uh, I can see a number of girls posting really fast bike times just looking at what Belinda did in Canada on a really tough course last weekend shows what amazing form she's in and how fast we are going to have to bike mm. um, you know to be up there in contention and I think it's going to take a super speedy marathon to win the race and you know regardless of world records I want to be in the mix to to try and hit what I think is going to have to be a sub three hour time to, to win it this year wow. so yeah I mean if, if it's sub three hour then then I'll definitely try and get under the time I did last year but I think we, we are going to see some some fast times the form over the summer especially has yeah. showed you know has shown that yeah so a lot of people are obviously interested in, in what you guys are you guys do what you girls are doing especially because we've seen such big um you know really big performances from a lot of girls this year so yeah, typically, what's sort of a weekly volume for you in terms of total hours, or do you track that at all? Um, I don't really track it in terms of hours at all, um, and no, you know, no week is the same. But yeah, I mean, we train hard, and we we train a lot, seven days a week, um, four to four to six hours a day. Okay. But you know what I. For me, like resting is part of my training program. Yeah. Eating is part of my training. Getting a good night's sleep is part of my training. So in a way, you're training 24-7. It's not just about when you're beasting yourself. That's the hours you clock. 
you know, if I'm not getting sufficient rest, if I'm not eating properly, then I'm not training mm. what, what um, in a well-rounded way. But yeah, we do we do a lot of work and, and we and we work hard. What do you, okay, so what do you do for rest? You know, like because you've come from an academic background and obviously been someone who's kind of challenged your mind in a way. What do you do to fill your mind up outside of training? I speak to people on the phone doing <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> um, there are a lot of interviews um, and things like that, and emailing friends. I read a lot. I have a lot of books. Um, watch Sex in the City DVD over and over and over again, which um, livens up my <laughs> quite dull existence. Um, yeah, I, I was doing Sudoku puzzles, but they're too hard, so I gave up. Um, and just, you know, just keeping in contact with, with everyone outside of this crazy world by, by email. I don't know what I'd do if we didn't have email here. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, so back back on to training, Bevan. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, John. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just interested. When, you, when you're going out for, say, a, I don't know, a stand, fairly standard sort of ride, are you guys typically riding at Ironman pace a lot or are you doing a lot of stuff above Ironman pace um, or are you doing a lot of easy stuff? I mean, is it different? You know, do, do you think it's that different to what other people are doing out there? Um, you know, I've only ever had one coach and that's Brett. So I don't... I don't really know too much about what others are doing. Um, in terms of our pace, we vary it. So we go from very easy, which I find really difficult to do, actually, um, to super hard balls to the wall, eyes popping out, your sockets kind of intensity. So it, it does vary, um, and it's, it, it's mixed up. Mm. So... We do, yeah, we do a lot of shorter, sharper, intense efforts. We'll have one ride that's probably smack on Ironman pace. You know, maybe a three-hour Ironman pace time trial, which might go a bit above Ironman pace, but, you know, it's pretty much around around that intensity, um, which just gives you the feel for how fast you want to be, you know, want to be riding in in the race. But yeah, no, it really, it really does vary. Um, we don't do a lot of long, slow stuff. I can't remember the last time I did a long run, mm. for example. Um, I rarely, rarely, it's got to be over a month now that I've done a one and a half, two hour run. Oh, really? I do a lot. No, I do a lot more intervals um, than than longer, longer steady stuff. But this is me. You know, yeah. you've got the other athletes, Hillary and and Belinda, that that do maybe a bit more, bit more volume. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also throw in that intensity as well. Um, it, it really does vary, and that's, that's I guess what I like yeah. about about training in in the squad. It's so tailored to the to the individual, it has to be. So when you like, do you get a weekly plan from Brett? Like, does he every like Monday? Does he give you a plan, or do you just get up on the day and he say you're doing this, or do you have a monthly plan? Like, how does that work? No, no plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in that head of his, um, and I don't think I want to know. But no, it's it's the ladder. We wake up, go to the pool, and then we find out what we're doing for the rest really? of the day. I mean, there is a rough program, and you you can see. Um, you, I mean, you can see the way that the sessions are put together, um, but then often he'll surprise you and mix it up, so you never, you never really know for sure. Wow. 
A lot of people ask um, us what Brett Sutton is like as a person, you know, because there has been a lot of crap written about him, and, and nobody really knows other than the athletes that are there. I mean, is he a? He seems like a pretty straight-talking guy. Is he, a, you know, a caring fellow? How would you sort of describe him? Um, he's unique. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he's one of a kind. And uh, no, he's, I, I, I think he's a genius. But then again, I've got no one else to compare him to. So, so I would say that. I mean, I think he, I credit him with, uh, with my success. Um, and I, and I know a lot of the others do too. So the, those that have had other coaches and have maybe left Brett, come back to him or whatever, um, also say, you know, say that he's a master of his art. So I'd, I'd concur with that. Um, He's he's fun to be around. He's candid. He's straight talking. Doesn't beat around the bush. And I and I kind of like that. He's got quite a, you know, I like the you know the Antipodean and British sense of humour. Um, so he's he's got that. Um, he could cause offence if if you were you know offended by yeah. by you know swearing and you know, his kind of candid. Uh, analysis of things but now he's 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 a great you know a great guy and 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 very very inspirational very motivational and i think the best coach for me especially at the the moment so yeah um, nice has um your training actually changed much from last year or is it pretty much kept in line and it's just kind of refining it a little bit or has it changed totally in the last year um, no, it's not really changed that much, actually. Um, I guess I'm doing a, a bit more volume in terms of intensity, like I'm doing more intensity than I was last year. So say I'm doing 800 on the track before maybe I'd do X number and now it's it's more. Um, my times are getting faster um, than last year. But no, the, the, the program is, is pretty much the same. It does vary according to to the time of year, you know, the things we were doing in the Philippines are slightly different um, than than what we're doing in Switzerland now. Um, Also because of, you know, the times that we can get into the pool and the heat of the day and that, and that kind of thing. So that dictates when, when we do um, what session we were doing our track sessions, you know, seven o'clock in the morning there, whereas we're doing them at midday here. Um, but no, it hasn't it hasn't really changed all that much, oh, actually. Good. There's um as we've said a couple of times this year, there's been you know, a, a lot of girls going very very fast. Yeah, and, well, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, and some people sort of wonder how the hell they're doing that, and whether it's just training or whether it's you sort of lifting the standard, or and some people are sort of questioning whether it's whether it's drugs involved. So. What's your sort of um, take on it? Do you see a lot of drug taking out, or do, do you know of yeah. much of it happening out there? And do you get tested very regularly yourself? Because you know a lot of people probably, well, not a lot, but some people may point the finger at you as well, saying, "How the hell can somebody come yeah. from nowhere yeah. to being this good so quickly?" Yeah, um, I think the reason that that the times are getting faster is because a lot of the short course athletes are coming in um, and as one athlete raises the bar, then another has to rise to it and people now know that you've got to run a three-hour marathon to win yep. to win an Ironman. So I think that 
automatically means you've got to train harder, you've got to put in the effort to be able to run a three-hour and to be able to, to meet that bar. So I think that's what makes the times get progressively quicker. It's just, this, you know, as, as one person hits a new standard, then the others have to rise to it. Um, regarding drugs, I mean, I was warned that with, with, with my success at Kona that it would happen, and I guess it was more a case of when than if the rumours would all start to, to mm. circulate. Um, <clears throat> and it, it doesn't frustrate me. And, I've, again, like other things, I've got to see it as an opportunity, and it's an opportunity for me to stand up for what I believe in, give me a platform um, to state you know, my position on it, which is zero tolerance for use of any drugs in triathlon or any sport, amateur and professional. Um, I've voluntarily submitted myself to WADA's out-of-competition testing, and I did that um, from the start of this year. So, so it, I have been tested. Well, as, as an Ironman athlete, you don't have to... Um, submit yourself to out-of-competition testing through, through the, the World Anti-Doping Authority. You're not obliged to do that, but I did through British Triathlon. Yep. Um, so I've been tested this year four times out of competition right. um, where they've come to my, um, my place of residence and tested me. Yep. Urine tests. Yep. Um, negative. They've all been negative, of course. Yeah, um, and then in competition, um, one at Australia, um, then a blood test and a urine test at, at, at Frankfurt. Nice. Um, and one of the reasons I did Frankfurt because they have such strict drug testing procedures, and it was my chance to show. Well, I mean, I'm doing as much as possible to prove that that I am clean, and I'd you know really encourage other race organizers to do what Kurt Dank and Felix are doing, you know, Felix and Rose are doing, and that is implementing the, the, you know, the most stringent testing procedures that they can in competition. I mean, out of competition, it's, it's largely out of their control, but, you know, in competition, I think money needs to be allocated to, to testing so that all of, all of us know that we're racing other athletes that are clean and the general public can, can, can see in black and white, you know, that we are. Um, but I also think, you know, the WTC has a role to play. They've got plenty of money and they could invest that in more rigorous testing procedures. And, um, I, I mean, I think it's important. It's important for the sport. Mm. Do, do, because do you think if anyone comes there? like... Oh, sorry. Do I think there is? Or do you think there is? Do you think, you know, there's much... I, I, I don't... I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I like to think that that there's not. Yep. And I think that the people that aren't on drugs can still beat the people well, that are. <laughs> yeah. But we can't. I can't go into a race thinking that I'm I'm racing everyone else that's that's doped up. Yeah. You've just got to think that people are clean and you've and that you've won in a, in in a in a in a fair race. But I, I mean, I I'm not surprised that people are asking questions. Especially after they realised Kona wasn't a one-off, you know. Where, why is she so strong? Why does she smile even when it hurts? Why is she beating girls that have got heaps more experience? I, I don't have the answers. You know, and I can't sit here day in and day out trying to find those answers. 
yeah. but others do because they've got time to sit there and ponder, um, you know, why she done this, why she done that. I guess people expect an Ironman winner to conform to a stereotype, to have trodden a, a conventional path or, I don't know, gone through some kind of rite of passage to success. And if, yeah. if you don't follow the path, like I haven't, then there must be a reason. Yeah. And the only reason can be drugs. And, I mean, fair enough. But all I can do is put my hands up, say, test me anytime, anywhere. Um, I'll show you that I'm clean. And at the end of the day, I can look in the mirror and, and know that I've done it through hard work, through drive and determination, and um, because I love the sport. And I guess at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. Great. We like to keep it clean. That's good. We keep it clean. We don't do drugs. Yeah, it's all got to be. Uh, yeah, it's got to be clean, at least in terms of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, we've talked about the team TBB um, side of things a bit, and you've obviously got what is there about twenty athletes there roughly. Um, well, not at the moment because um, people have left, gone to different places, they're racing um, around the world. Um, but yeah, in total, there's eight, I think about eighteen of us. Yeah. Any any hot gossip in there? Any new couples? <laughs> I love how you put that question in there. Eh? Any juicy gossip from oh, within the team? Juicy <laughs> gossip, juicy gossip from the team. Oh, mate, there's plenty. But on what goes on tour stays on tour, so my lips are sealed. <laughs> I can't say a word. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm with you on it, <laughs> You know, you're, you're a bloody gold digger, aren't you? you know? <laughs> we, we know that um, you guys are doing a few a few things in terms of over in Brazil and Thailand. Is, is there any sort of new developments in terms of things Team BB are doing? Um, aside from making me wear rubber pants and we... the naked swimming that we do and mud wrestling, we do all this kind of stuff as well. That's all new. Well, we got, we, what, what is the story? Somebody no. sent us in an email about the leather pants or something like that. What is what is the story there? We're not quite up to it. Everyone wants to know about the rubber pants. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um I had a hamstring email uh, email um, injury, yeah. and um, one of Brett's. Uh, more off the wall ideas was to to make me wear a pair of neoprene shorts. Right. Um, so he sent me down to to this shop in Evian, so about fifty k away, to buy a pair of neoprene shorts. But the only ones they had were for a twelve year old boy, and made <laughs> and they were kayaking pants, kayaking neoprene pants with a, like a pad on the arse. So I bought those, yeah. um, squeezed into them. And was wearing them for for a couple of months, and my hamstring is okay now. So I don't know, I don't know if it was the pants or you know, the other things I was doing, the massage maybe. Or, but no, uh, I was wearing rubber pants for a time, but I've, I've hung those up at the moment. Hopefully, I won't need need them again. But I could auction them off. Maybe someone would want my secondhand sweaty oh rubber pants. <laughs> so, Do you want them? Yeah. <laughs> Ten dollars for you. <laughs> bargain. <It's> a bargain. <laughs> it is a bargain. <laughs> um, do, do you find it difficult at all training with you know some of your major rivals, or do you see that you know there's, there's more advantages to disadvantages with training with you know um, those some of those top girls? Um, it's not hard. It's not hard at all to train with the best girls in the world at the moment. I, I, I think I thrive on this environment and I think that's what helps make me and and the others so successful. I think we can just help push each other that little bit further and the bar 
you know, as with Ironman generally, is, is being raised. Like I said, Erica makes me run harder. Mm. Belinda makes me bike faster. And the Olympic distance girls, you know, give us all something to, to aim for in the pool. And then when we need a really good thrashing, we turn to the boys and then they beast us. So I think we all tell, keep, you know, keep each other on our toes. Yeah. But we don't do everything together as as a group. It might be like one or two of us are out on the bike or one or two of us on the track. It's not like all all of us are doing doing every six uh, every every session together. Yeah. But no, without the others, I don't think I've I would have had half the the success I've had. And and I'd hope hopefully they'd they'd also say that. I think it's a kind of reciprocal thing. But it's also useful to have a little bit of insight into each other's strengths and weaknesses. Nice. You know, I I know where they're going to hit me in a race and how hard they can hit me. Um, so I've got that kind of prior prior insight and, and knowledge. Yeah. And that it definitely can't hurt. One tip would probably be if you're racing against Belinda Granger, you just ask her a question when you're on the bike. <laughs> question when you're on the bike and she probably won't shut up she won't stop talking for 10 minutes that's why we haven't I'll do it in the swim swallow a heap of water you're digging a hole here mate you're digging a hole I know Belinda if we we got her on the show and asked you one question no joke mate we would be here for half an hour she's amazing she's the only one I know that in, in the sets of 25s in the pool that, and we do them on phase 30 so we're not getting that much rest she fit a whole conversation in that rest period <laughs> it's amazing she can fit. you can find out so much in like 10 seconds and then at the other end of the pool it goes off again it's great <laughs> hey we've seen that you've actually really stayed real local with your spot, to the sponsors you had before Kona um, why is it first of all and um yeah, just tell us about your sponsor a bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I spoke pretty pretty lot. Cervelo, I was on before, yep. obviously, and, and I like the bikes, and um, the team is sponsored by them, so I've, I've I've stuck with, you know, stuck with Cervelo. Tear, I've always worn tear goggles, and then two days before Kona, I realised I didn't really have anything suitable to wear, so I went out and bought a top, which was a, a cheer top. And, and then I met um, the rep at, at the end of the race and it was all excited and we exchanged details. And so it really, it really went from there. And, and I'm super excited to, to be part of, of the, the cheer team. And, and they're, they're a great group of people. And we had a lot of fun. I did a photo shoot last week with them um, and with TJ and with Pip Taylor. And and that was that was great fun after after Timberman. So no, they've they've been really super supportive um of me right you know, right from from when I from when I won Kona. And so yeah, I'm I'm really happy to, to be sponsored and, and associated with um with them. Saito Sport is, is the new sponsor. Um but once again, I mean they're, they've been so amazingly supportive and I've never had so much, so much nutrition uh, in my life. So I'm feeding the 5,000 here. Everyone's coming to me for protein shakes and gels and I can provide the whole team with uh, with their nutritional needs. But no, it's great. And um, I'm really, again, like really happy to, to, to be associated with them. And, and, and Blue 70, I was with 
with them before, and you've got to stick with Guy because he's a he's, he's a Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, and he gives me gives me a few freebies. So I'll uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm <laughs> no, I'm I'm really happy. And then Oakley, um, I never actually owned a pair. Of, well, I did have a pair of sunglasses. They cost me twenty dollars, and I bought them in Wanaka, <laughs> um, just before the coast to coast. And I raced in those in Kona, and then Greg Wells came, you can't, came up to me and said, you can't wear those. I said, well, then you have to get some new ones. And so that's how that all started. So uh, obviously the Oakley swag is, is pretty decent too. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to stay loyal to, to the people that, that helped me before. Of course, you know, we're always on the lookout for, for new sponsors. And um, hopefully, if I get another good result in Hawaii and in some other Ironmans, then you know they'll come on board. But I'm, I'm in no rush. I didn't need a, a whole heap of stash and, and cash before, so there's no need for me to to start chasing it, yeah. chasing it all now. But I have to say, it, I mean, it does make make my life easier, and it means I can. Um, get my parents all kitted out in in, in new clothes, <laughs> so they look they look the part on the sidelines at, at Kona. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's it. John's pretty excited, Christy, because he's pretty excited about this next question. So I don't know if you've uh, oh god, what is it? I don't know if you've heard about this this, this service that we provide. On our, on our <laughs> it's called John Bevan's Perfect Profile for a Man Service. Yeah. So we understand you're on you're on the prowl. You're a single woman. Watch out, world. And so we need to pick up. We need to start developing a profile of the type of person you're looking for. So, are we looking for? Are you looking for a triathlete, or or, or a non-triathlete, or you don't care? No, it's um, <laughs> it's got to be someone sporty. They don't necessarily have to be a triathlete. Okay. Although um, the shaved legs <laughs> might be obligatory. Sorry, I missed that one. The shaved legs might be obligatory, but they don't have to be a triathlete. <laughs> and in terms of personality, are we looking for someone a bit off the wall like Brian Rhodes? Or are we looking more the sort of Stephen Baylor, slightly more reserved sort of character? I think Stephen's taken, so yeah. um, Bella had cut my balls off if I said anything <laughs> about that. So, no, definitely not Stephen. Um, um Rosie, I think we'd have to have a calf off. I think he's the only bloke whose calf's bigger than bigger than mine. I, I couldn't get with him. If we had kids, you know, the calves would be ginormous. It's just the old cow. Um, yeah, no, someone a bit a bit quirky, sense of humour. Hey, a, a, a nice uh, Aussie Kiwi British sense of humour. I like that. Here, here we go. Here's the last one. Go. And are you, oh, God. are you sort of more of a cougar or, or are you more looking for a sort of a sugar daddy? Um, I don't know. This sugar daddy comes up like big, fat and bald yeah. um, to me. So I'd have to go probably for the former. Okay. It'd be a funny one that fits the profile. <laughs> We'll get you hooked up with somebody. So. Okay, so the other random questions we've got. Where did the nickname Muppet come from? Muppet? Yeah. Um, because I do stupid things. Okay. Um, and, 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 and think and, and say things before I think. And so um, my best mate just say, you're such a Muppet. Okay. And that's just, it, just, it just went from there. <laughs> got two other ones. How, how tall are you and what size feet do you have? <laughs> you're something like a website here, mate. <laughs> Five feet. 
feet. I'm supposed to ask that about the bloke. Isn't there a correlation between the size of other things and their feet? You know, size feet. Um, I am a 42. 42. That's pretty big for a chick. Big feet. Yeah. Big feet. Yeah, yeah it's huge. Take men's trainers. And um, how tall am I? About 172, I think. One seventy two, one seventy three, something like that. I'm about five foot eight. Dominating in this game. Um, and we also have a few <laughs> questions in from our listeners. Um, first one: When are you moving? F- uh, Going to get a P three? Um, possibly next year. I think Brett wanted me to learn how to ride a bike first, <laughs> so. Now I can descend a little better and I can actually go around the corner without clipping out. Um, I think he said that my next bike might be able to be a P3. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll, have to wait and, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But no, I'll probably be on one next year. A random question from Vegan. Uh, favourite Swiss cheese? Uh, my favourite cheese is Stilton and it's not Swiss. But smelly, smelly still. Not very cultural. I wouldn't know. Stilton's a nice sort of blue, really stinky cheese. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, really stinky. Yeah, you have it with pork. Yeah. Uh, We had one in from Chris Rhodes. Would you consider returning to Olympic distance racing on the World Cup circuit, or is drafting on the bike league um, a contributor to you not pursuing World Cup racing? Um. You know, that World Cup this year wasn't my finest racing hour, but I learned a whole whole heap about (laughs) just how bloody good they are. Um, As if I didn't know already. Yeah, I like to go out there and do my... Know that everything I've I've done is down to to me um, and not the work of others on the... You know, especially on on the bike. So, no, I like to, to go out there and work hard on my own. And, yeah, I, I, I'm not that enthused by the pack riding. And that's also due to the low level of skill that I have on the bike. You know, I, I lose out yeah. in the pack because I am more slightly nervous than others cornering and, and riding so close yeah. um, up someone else's ass. So it's, you know... I, I think I'm more suited to the non-draft races, but there's there's a place for Olympic distance definitely for me um, in terms of my training, giving me the speed work that I need. So I will be doing Olympic distance races, but I don't think I'll be targeting World Cups anytime soon. I put, the British team probably wouldn't have me back anyway <laughs> after my appalling effort before. But no, I, I think I'll stick to stick to the long distance, but use the shorter distances definitely as, as sharpeners and, and training races. I think they're important. Rich Coleman sent us a question saying, like Natasha Badman, every time we see you on television during a race, you are always smiling and enjoying yourself. What tips can you offer with regards to staying positive when you are pushing so hard? Um, I guess because we learn how to push hard in training yep. that you know how to deal with, with that, that level of, of pain, yep. I guess. So you, you train yourself in, in training to, to, to suffer. And then when you're actually racing it, it comes a little bit easier sometimes than it even does in training. But also you just got to be, you can't be scared of hurting. It's going to hurt. That's what we're out there for. 
Mm. You know, if, if it's hurting, it, it means you're pushing yourself, and I've almost got to expect that and 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 thrive on that. Um, but I also try and just remember times where I have felt a bit rotten, and I've come good, yep. and try not to try not to panic. You know, the start of Australia, the first lap of the bike, I was in all sorts of trouble, and just had to keep reminding myself that I would. You know, I'd pull through and I'd get stronger, and 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 that's what happens. Uh, that's what did happen. So I think you just have to have faith in yourself and the hard work that you've put in. Um, and I also, I guess, another tip I think most people would do it is to try and visualise things before the race that possibly could go wrong. That's not being negative or pessimistic. It's just preparing for all eventualities, you know, your goggles could get knocked off. Mm. So think about how you're going to react. You could lose your water bottles, which is what happened to me in Frankfurt. How will I react to that, you know? And once you've thought through those things, if they do happen, will you think, well, I've had that, I know what the scenario is and I know how I'm going to deal with it. Nice. Um, so that, you know, that, that does help me, especially just to try and think through the bad things that can happen as, as, well, as, as well as the good you know, we got one from Vince Mullen. Um, he's sort of saying that pretty much all the, the UK um, iron distance athletes have all headed overshore, uh, offshore to, to do their training. Um, so what, why is this? And yeah, do, do you see that as being an advantage or would you prefer to be back home? Um, for me, although I love the UK and, and I love being at home, being with my friends and family, I think the best training venue for me is is overseas, especially in in the heat. Even if you're not planning on racing in the heat, training in the heat makes your body work so much more efficiently and effectively. Nice. So I think anyone anyone would benefit from from heat training. You know, it just puts that added pressure on you. And if you can deal with it, I think you come out all the all the more stronger and and especially being here in Switzerland, you've got the added bonus of, of the altitude. It's been quite warm here over the summer, so that's been good. But also we've got we've got the altitude and, and the hills, and I just wouldn't get that where I lived in in the in the UK. Um, plus the fact I like being away from from the crowds and away from lots of people that I know because. It, it just removes a lot of the distractions that could. How do you find it? You know, because uh, I mean, you, you sound like quite a very social person. Like you, you sound like someone who loves interaction with people. Um, you know, and then you go in these environments. And I suppose with the team, it helps. But how do you do? You miss that side of things, and you know, like how do you find that? Like I can understand you yeah, saying, it's, it's, yeah, I'll go. It's really hard. Like last year, I found it incredibly tough to adapt to being in a team environment. I didn't know anyone. I wasn't aware of all the kind of politics that surround training and I didn't know anything about triathlon really. Um, and I found it really quite hard to adapt. And I also got quite bored mm, I can imagine. Um, of, of the kind of almost monodimensional life. I think now, and especially being world champion, it's given that added dimension to my life and I I, I really I mean I really love it I love being out that you know that my office is 
is the Swiss mountains and alpine meadows and trees and flowers. I love that, you know, and obviously the success is, is helping make it a lot more enjoyable. I've got some great friends now in the team and that comes back on slowly because you can't expect um, your competitors to accept you straight away without proving yourself to them. And so now, yeah, now I've got some really good friends on the team and obviously that makes it easier. Um, but we travel around a lot. I get to meet people. I have a good party after the race. I always try and make the most of that um, because it's, you know, we only get a few big days out in the year. So I, yeah, I definitely try and make the most of the, the drinking, eating and partying after the race. You know, you've, you've been in sport for a couple of years. Well, a year. <laughs> you've, got a, you've done amazingly well in that time. You know, how much more growth do you see in yourself? Um, I'd love to be around in another five years. Okay. I really would. Um, and I think Brett sees that for me too and, and has a longer term plan than just, you know, smashing out four Ironmans a year. I think, I think that is part of a longer term plan and we do see me having some longevity in the sport and I, and I hope that, I hope that I do. Um, both because I love it and also because of the opportunities it brings to me. You know, after this all ends, I'd love to be in a position to be able to affect like some kind of change in in the sporting arena, in triathlon, in especially in Great Britain with the Olympics coming up. Because I've been involved in politics, could go back into that kind of area, but more related to sport this time. Um, but yeah, no, I do see myself around for the next five years in triathlon and then you know who knows what the future holds you know go into cycling go into something something different but no i i'm, I'm loving it and while i'm loving it i'm just going to carry on doing it so if people want to find out more about you what's your website it's org, and there's also of course the, the team website as well team tbb.com Cool, so people can go on there. And we notice you guys, uh, the athletes, are fairly proactive in replying to people's things, so that's kind of a cool place where people yeah, can go. Yeah, there's a, there's, a contact, there's a contact thing on both websites, on my website, and I'll respond to all the emails that I, I, mean, I do get, respond get, to all the emails that I get. Because like, like, with Ironman Talk, I've got a couple uh, of podcasts, and, and I, like, I don't know, I get, I get so many emails, I get about 70 emails a day. Do you, get, do you, get, you must get heaps. I get no, I get quite a few, yeah, quite a few um, a day. But I do try and respond to yes, to most of them. Especially, I get more after a race is people saying "well done" yeah. and things like that, and I really appreciate that. And I and I will I will reply even if it's just a one liner saying saying thank you because it means it means a lot to me. Yeah. Oh. Um, and yeah, on the on the on the team forum, we we do try and and share whatever experience and knowledge we have. I obviously have less than, than the others and, and the boss Brett gets on there as well and, and shares his his thoughts, which are sometimes a bit illegible, but you've got to look through the commas and get the, the gist of what he's saying and, and it's you know, he's a mine of information and I think if, if age groupers read that they can you know, can get a lot of top tips. Yeah. Which can really help supplement what they what they already know. 
Mm, yeah. oh, we better let you get back for your morning nap. So, um, oh, no nap for me. I've got a brick session now. You're, you're hardcore. There's no denying it. <laughs> no, no nothing. You've taken up my rest period. <laughs> oh, well, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> so, thank you, as always, for your time. Yeah, it's been great having you on the show again. And have, uh, That's all right. Thanks for trying to sort my love life out. We'll, we'll do our best. I'm sure one of our listeners will be keen as a bean. I'm sure more than one will be. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Are you going to be a Kona? Uh, no, not this year. No, not this year. We're, we're waiting for no. you to come down and do, do Challenge Wanaka or, or Ironman New Zealand, and then we can uh, do a live interview there. Oh, that'd be superb. Yeah, mm. so, all the best for the rest of your year, and um, thanks Cheers. for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. You've been awesome. Porno sounded like that, too. <laughs> we're doing the album. I've said, I've, made, I've talked to you about off here. I've su- suggested he participates in a team event that we may do. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. So. Okay, well, questions. Questions. well, there's not really questions and answers. answers. We had a comment from Carl, Carl Coleman, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the one who brought his father-in-law, his dad, the coffee. Nice. I, I'm not sure if it's the father-in-law or the father. Yep. But he's got an idea, and he's saying that what he would like to do, or what he'd like you guys to do, is each week, if you're doing one of the Ironman around the world, is to go on and send us an email and tell us what actually happened before the show is recorded. Now, we're really keen to do that. We don't really want a million emails, so we thought one way of doing it is to see if, for, if you do a race or you're at a race over the weekend, is to go onto Athlinks and put a bit of a report up on our IM talk page. Mm-hmm. That way, if you get it up pretty much the day afterwards, we'll make sure that we talk about it on the show, and we really think it's good content to get, eh? It is, and the key things we like to hear about is what the conditions were like yep. and things like that, because most of these press releases that they do are crap, or they, or they don't even do press releases, so... Yep. Conditions, if things were long, if things were short, if things were balls up, if you saw the leaders exploding or anything like that, we'll always be keen to hear about things like that. Yep. But you need to get onto it very quickly. Um, the day after the race, we record the show Tuesday, New Zealand time, which is Monday, yeah. um, UK and American time, and put it onto our Ironman talk page and, um, and we will give it a mention. Not, not hang too long though. No, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't write yeah. novels. Key points, key points, and stuff that you, <laughs> that you really feel you would like to listen to as a listener of I Men Talk. Uh, Gavin Duff sent us through, he was in Bali, mate, in mm-hmm. Bali, sent us through a postcard and some movies. Nice. I've watched like them all, haven't given them to you yet. Oh, <laughs> <selfish> bastard. <laughs> so thank you, Gavin, for doing that. Gerald Smith actually had a great idea, because I Man New Zealand is 25 next year, 2009, mm-hmm. 25th year. Wow, that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy, eh? Can you remember the first one? Not off the top of my head. No. I was six years old. Seven. Seven, seven years old. Seven, you're 32. Mm. I was six. You were six. Then <laughs> yeah, was just out of nappies. And, was... and uh, yeah, I just learned to go, my, got my star chart working about that stage. But anyway, yeah. he was saying a good idea, and I think this is a cool idea, is that we should have a competition for the best old school dress for the 25th year. Nice. Yeah. That. So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about this we a little got, bit further down. We've got a lot of competitions going at the moment. We've got Fastest Transition. Yep. We've got best old school at Ironman New Zealand. Yep. And we'll make up another one too, so then we've got three. Richard Brochure, how do you say that? Brochure. Sent yep. through a picture of Gordo in Canada. Aero position. Did you read Gordo's report? No. I started reading it. Yeah. It's good. No. Gordo's a good writer, isn't he? You've got to give him credit for that. Yeah. And he's definitely got a good G on the side. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good area position. So I'm going to put a photo of that on the website this week. He's also, uh, he's written a, a column up on X-Try about bike fits and how he's changed his bike fit over the years. So a lot of people probably find that interesting as well. Not necessarily always following the traditional cycling model. Okay, great. Okay, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com, you've got a bit here. John, what are you saying? They're going to be launching um, 
I don't know if it's launched yet or it's going to be in the next week or two, uh, a new results page. So it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to finally break out of the years, the races by year, distance type, etc. And it's going to give you a PR for each distance and averages, oh, etc. Nice. So you can look back and go, well, my best Ironman swim was at, you know, oh, uh, Placid nice. in, in 1999. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be coming up soon. And... Uh, there's also a few other little things that are going to be coming on Athlinks that we'll give a mention one soon thing, as well. One thing that um, I talk about Twitter. Now, Twitter is twitter.com, mm-hmm. and it's a way you can follow people. It's kind of, yeah, it's a way you can follow people and what they're up to. And uh, Andrew on Athlinks, I think it's Andrew, it's Troy, one of them, um, they go on Twitter quite a lot. And if you're enjoying Twitter, they go and put a lot of the articles that they put on um, Athlinks' website. And so mm-hmm. if you're on Twitter, and it's real great because they put a link there, and you can kind of read some of the real good articles coming through, which are articles that are interested, you know, that we are interested mm-hmm. in. So, uh, check that out. So Maybe join them on Twitter. What we want you to do, remember, is go onto Athlinks, obviously register if you're not already registered, and also if you want to do a little mini race report, on, put it onto our Ironman Talk page with just bullet points. Um, straight after a race, we'll uh, hopefully give, you, give it a mention, as long as we don't get thousands of them. I want to know if Coffees of Hawaii are doing the yacht again this year. Uh, Albert, let us know. Yeah. yeah. It must be, surely. I hope so. It's a must. It is a must. It's almost like a tradition now, isn't it? It is. So if you are going to Kona, it's coming around six six weeks away, I think, now. Uh, Do look out for it, even if it's not there. Just still uh, look out. <laughs> go for a swim, hope it's Go there. for a swim. Hopefully it's going to be out there somewhere. Last year they were serving up uh, iced coffee out on a, a catamaran in Kona. So. It was a great PR stunt. Oh, yeah, they did well. Yeah. How can they top that? Uh, they just do it again and repeat. Have two, two, two catamarans out there. And put one at the turnaround, so if you want any coffee, you've got to go all the way to the turnaround. Oh, nice. So coffeesofway.com. Remember, and like I was saying earlier, great for gifts. Mm, yeah. remember, remember to get on there, and you can get your coffee card, a little blue card in the top right-hand corner of the website page. Join up to that, and that will keep you informed of any specials, discounts, etc. they do have. But remember, our discount code is... I am talk. Yep. And gives you, <laughs> you expect more. It uh, gives you a discount on all coffee products on there. Quality coffee, um, give back to the community. They put back one, 1% of all sales back into revitalization wow. of culture and ecology oh. in their home. That's the law of recipro- reciprocity. Reciprocity, is that? Don't know what you're talking uh, about. Well, you so. give, you receive. Right, nice. Reciprocity. There we go. There you go. Okay. Copiesofwai.com. Trybuys.com. Now, they have changed the shipping, so we no longer get the $200 shipping internationally. If you're in America, you still do get it, but not internationally. Now, it's changed. It means now if you spend $500 or more in, in Trybuys.com, you get free shipping internationally. So, um, so what we've been suggesting to people, obviously, if you're going to get a bike and stuff, it's still well worthwhile doing. Um, but if you are looking to maybe just get a pair of running shoes or a couple of pairs of running shoes, just team up with a couple of people. Yeah, and go on to you your can, local uh, forum or, you know, maybe in your tri club and see what, if anyone else is interested in buying buying stuff if you know they live locally still so much cheaper to get oh, things yeah. online in america yeah. so um so check it out there's always good deals on there's always a few sale items up and about uh, they occasionally have the craig alexander little files on there he's sort of giving a bit of an update he's one of their sponsored athletes yep. so trybuys.com for all your swim bike run exterra everything try just for everything needs. john so mm. our sponsors are coffeesofway.com oh presents Athlinks.com. Oh, news. Results. Oh, results. Yeah. Trybuys.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wikipedia. Go on, Wiki. Make sure we make sure we're... I've been on there a little bit, I've been on there for a while. I might do it tonight. Um, Amazon.com. Go on there. Someone's been buying some stuff on Amazon. Nice. Remember that, because we do we get bugger all money from it. But if you're going to go on Amazon, you might as well use us. Mm. And uh, do you want to talk about that other thing there? 
No. <laughs> was that? No. No. <laughs> okay, John, what are you up to for the rest of the week? DIY time. DIY, what are you doing? Uh, painting, get the bathroom done, and then we're having a family working bee at the weekend. We're getting, oh. the, we're getting the in-laws around, and we're going to go hard out on the, uh, the garden area. Really? The, wait a second. You're getting the family around to your garden? Oh, yeah. What's that about? They need to participate in... Where's your personal responsibility? You should read QBQ, question my personal no, responsibility. I'll be out there doing it. Do I'm you go help them out in their garden? Regularly. <laughs> Regularly. They need it. They, they love it. They love helping. Do they? Do they, do they love gardening? Because some people do love do. gardening, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you hate gardening? No, I don't mind gardening. Oh, I hate it We've got a lot of work to do on our garden. Because you've got a big garden, eh? Yeah. You've got those fruit trees and crap oh, like there. Oh, they're great. Yeah, I'm sure Lemon trees great, sprouting. I've got a few things going yeah, in the greenhouse at the moment. You've got a greenhouse? Yeah. Oh, really? Going. I've got, I've got uh, zucchinis. I've got carrots. I've got peas, Man, snow peas, spinach. Mate, Mate, chickens are next. Chicken. Are you going <laughs> to... some chickens. What about yourself? Are you anything exciting happening? Uh, what's happening? What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. I'm doing this. I'm, <laughs> some lady came up to me at the gym a while ago and she goes, Bev... Um, I'm, I'm having this fundraising charity auction for Ronald McDonald House, and you're a bit of a celebrity around here. <laughs> Belinda heard that on the heard that somewhere, and she said, "What the hell? Bevan's a celebrity?" Was it on the radio? Or something was it? It was something like that. She heard an ad, and they said, "We're going to have these famous people here," and she mentioned a few names, and then they said, "Bevan, Bevan James Isles," and Belinda said. He's not a bloody celebrity. He just talk, he talks on some cheap ass podcast once a week. Hey, I'm huge in Christchurch, mate. I can't go anywhere. Oh, and so, sad. but the problem is, I've got to do an art piece. See that, see that over there? I've got to do art with that because they're going to sell my celebrity piece. Oh, Christ. oh, so, so I am stressing because art is not my thing. Um, just get Tyler to do some hand prints on there and say it's. Oh, it's, oh, it's I went and bought paints. So it cost me fifty bucks for paints. Oh no. Oh, I'm slightly stressing. And the worst thing is, going there, me and my lady friend Joe are going, mm. and uh, it's going to be horrible when they're doing the auction because no one knows me. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's Michael Jordan or anything. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, so that's times. what I'm doing this weekend. Anyway. We better wrap it up. This this is, bit, I think this is going to be an hour and a half. Yeah, it's going to be a record show. This nice is work. the longest ever. But we've got the world champion on there. We've got to do some world record sort of things ourselves. That's right. That's right. If you want my signature... Just, right. I can do it for you now. Yeah. To John okay. and family. Thank you. Know, you. To Great. Belinda from Bev and James Isles. Oh, she'd love it. She Beautiful. would love it. Okay. <laughs> Next week, we don't have any interviews, so it's just back to a regular show. We might even be an hour. Mm. Iron we? rusts. Iron men don't. Train hard. No, it's not. It is so your beefcake. Don't I? Okay, go. Iron rusts. Iron men don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia ka. Ka.